Berachim Abayim, and welcome to Chazak's Tuesday night program with special guest Torah Talks. Tonight we have with us a very special guest, Ramayshu Tubilev Shlita Shalom Aleichem. Welcome. Nice what an honor it is to have the Rabbi, the Rebbe over here with us. My pleasure. Big pleasure to have you. And uh, My honor. Tonight we're going to be talking about uh, Judgment Day, the great day of Rosh Hashanah. Before we do uh, tonight's exciting topic, if we get a little background about the Rabbi's holy work and a little bit of background. So, I was born in Maimonides Hospital. Really? Yeah, not in Cleveland and not in Minneapolis, Maimonides <laughs> Hospital. And I went to Tarvadasa Flapush, which is now Torah Tamima. My father, Zatzal, was a Rav and Bensner's. My mother, Yibel Ben Chaim, was a math professor with a PhD from Columbia, Rebbitson Professor Leaf. My brother, younger brother, Blazer, was a big guy in his Roshiv in Mansi. And, uh, after high school in Chaim Berlin, I went to Kol Torah to learn Rabbi Shlomo Zalman Arbach for two years. Came back and learned by my Rebbe, Rabbi Shmuel Birnbaum, who was like my father in the mirror. Then I got married to Rabbi Yankov Levi Shmuel Dardek Zatzal's daughter, Yibal Bachayim, my wife, Morabela, and moved to Cleveland. Learned in the Kailu there. I was at Lomot Rabbi Stan Chavrusa for several years. I was Shashiva. And I became a Rebbe in the Masifta, first 10th and 11th. And then... I moved to Minneapolis, Minnesota. I was the Rav of Kila Space Israel, effectively of the community, for 19 years. Wow. And then, this is now the 13th year, I moved to Agudas Yisrael Base Binyamin in Flatbush, a wonderful shul, wonderful kihila, Chesed Elian, wonderful people in Minneapolis and in Brooklyn and in New York and now in Queens. Ah, uh, great people. Yidden, all over the world. The Rav Shlita Baruch Shem is spreading Torah all over the world. The Shirim are go very far and very wide and we have, uh, we're very honored to have you on the program tonight. We really appreciate it. And we're going to jump straight into it, Rabbi. So uh, we know that the Rosh Hashanah is a few days away. Uh, what should someone focus on in Rosh Hashanah? What should the focus be? I'll tell you what not to focus on. Okay. Tshuva. Not to focus Not on to focus on Shiva. We don't say Hashamnu. We don't say Alchet. It's all about crowning the king and putting yourself in the picture. Everybody accepts upon themselves the heavenly yoke. So that Rosh Hashanah transforms us to become more loyal with greater servitude and love for our king. We say Avinu, our father. Malkenu, our king. So that Rav Shalom Shadran Zatzal, the great Maggot of Yushalayim, would say, Avinu, in Yiddish, you would say, Iviltach, you want. Malkenu, you're our king, it can't, you can do whatever you want. A father wants everything for a child, but he's limited in his ability to grant every wish. A king can do it all. But why should he do it for one over 100 million other citizens? We have a dual relationship with Hashem. Avinu, you're our father. You want everything for us. Malkenu, you can give us whatever it is that we need. The concept of Rosh Hashanah is not about past era, heinous crimes. On Rosh Hashanah, Hashem judges the world. Hayoyim haras Today is the day that the world was created. And on the anniversary of its creation... Hashem judges the world. And the question is, why? We know that the only birthday celebrated or mentioned in the Torah is Hayoim. Yom who led us as Pari. Pari's birthday. Pari's birthday. And what does Paro do on his birthday? He judges the realm. 
the chief wine steward, the Sarah Mashkim, gets his position back. The Sarah Ophim, the baker, he's hung. And the question is why? The enormity of the crime of the Sarah Mashkim, the wine steward, was so much greater. Sarah Ophim baked 10,000 loaves of bread. And his mazel, when Paro took a slice, had a corned beef sandwich, and bit into the bread, there was a pebble. Right. One pebble, 1,000, 10,000 loaves of bread. Sarah Mashkim, you saw the pictures, the hieroglyphics there, fanning with the ostrich plumes to make sure there are no flies. Well, he's texting. He's not paying attention to what he's doing. A fly ends up in the cup in his mouth. And he's saved and given the position. The answer is that the king didn't care about the past. He wanted to know who was necessary for the realm. Sarah Ophim got a thousand bakeries. He doesn't need them. Nobody made that elixir of wine like the Saramashkin. Mm. So I need him. If I need him, then I'm going to reinstitute and give him life. On Rosh Hashanah, it's almost as if we have the chutzpah to tell Hashem, Rabbeinu Shalom, you need me. Mm. You need my wife. You need my kids. You need my grandchildren. You need my parents. You need my students. You need my community. You need every Jew. We make brachas. We give tzedakah. We learn Torah. We bring people like Chazak closer to the Rebbeinu. We take public school kids and we turn them into B'nai Aliyah, B'nai Torah, B'nai Yisrael. It's unbelievable. Rebbeinu Shlomo, I, I know you have a lot of things on your list. But we got to be on top of the list. It's a day to crown the king with a Kabbalah for the future. With saying... I'm a changed man, I'm a changed lady, I'm a changed kid, I'm going to be better, and I want to do good. Give me the opportunity to prove myself. That's what Rosh Hashanah is all about. Tshuva, that's Yom Kippur. That's a solemn day. It's a Yom Tif because we're absolved of Chet, but there's no Hashamnu, Bogadnu, Gazalnu on Yom Kippur. That's when we cry. On Rosh Hashanah, Gilu Berada, we celebrate and tremble because we're the king's chosen nation, and he loves us. And I'll tell you another thing. One of the artifacts that we use on Rosh Hashanah to invoke compassion and mercy from Hashem is the shofar. Now, the shofar represents the aisle, the ram that was taken in place of Yitzchak. The question is, it's a two-bit player. It's a walk-on. The real artifact that Akedah Yitzhak is all about is the rope that bound Yitzhak to the Akedah he shouldn't flinch is the knife when I was a kid so my brother and I I was once a kid a couple of years ago this is from the rabbinate but I'm a youthful guy so we grew up in Brooklyn and there was a day in Yankee Stadium called Bat Day. Now, Bat Day was not these little replicas. It was a Louisville slugger. We all had so many bats that we played ball with in Flatbush from Bat Day. So one time, my brother and I and some friends decided, you know, we don't really want to go to the game. We'll buy bleacher seats. They were very cheap in those days. We took the train, two trains, went to Yankee Stadium, got the bats, and went home. We didn't even <laughs> stay for the game. Now, could you imagine... Ten yeshiva boys, like eight, nine years old, swinging bats on the, on the subway. <laughs> Could you imagine a room 
filled with Jews holding knives. We should have a knife. Rosh Hashanah, a schooler. People buy a brand new knife, a panasa, it's mystical, but macheles. What we should be brandishing on Rosh Hashanah is the badge of glory, a knife. Hashem, remember the knife. The shoifer? Patriarch Abraham was going to shecht Yitzchak, he couldn't do that because he wasn't taking his life. He made a brach on the shechita. So you slaughter the ram. But why fixation with the ram and with the horn? The answer is that the sword, the knife, is a double-edged sword. You're invoking Mr. Asnefesh of Yitzhak, the self-sacrifice? Where's your Mr. Asnefesh? Where's your sacrifice for Torah and for mitzvahs and for chesed and for kindness and for not being grumped when you wake up in the morning and cheering people up and being inspired even if you have a stomachache? Where's all your Mesiras Nefesh? Don't you dare talk about Mesiras Nefesh unless you have self-sacrifice. But you know what the shofar represents? Hashem doesn't want us to die. He wants us to return to him. And so the shofar represents how Hashem exchanged the life of Yitzchak for the ram. Oh. So we take that shofar and we say, Hashem, number one, you need us. We're crowning you as the king. And number two, you don't want us to suffer. You don't want us to be in agony. You want us to have children and grandchildren and shalom bayas, harmony in the home, and good kids and good parnasa, good sustenance, a good job. You want us to be successful. You just want us to connect to you. Rosh Hashanah is the time when we connect Hashem. One of the mediums, the vehicle, is the chauffeur. But you got to know what it's all about. You know, there was a... a kid who wasn't Shomer Shabbos. But his parents went to Shul on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. He did the same thing. One day, comes to the rabbi and says, Rabbi, I'm not coming this year. Why not? Not coming for the high holy days. Not coming for the high holy days. He says, why not? I got one of those newfangled art scroll machzorim, <laughs> and I finally figured out what I'm saying. <laughs> From the get-go, in the Amidah, the Shimon Esrei, Yedavet Hashem to instill fear and dread. That's what I'm lacking. I'm not afraid. I'm not scared. I'm scared of my wife. I'm scared of my kids. I'm scared of my boss. I'm scared of terrorism. My car's not going to start in the winter in Minneapolis. I'm scared of a thousand things. I got to pray for fear. I'm not coming anymore. Rabbi told him when he was a kid, he had problems with his teeth. But I came in from my dentist, Dr. Best, did a great job. I'm feeling great. Bar Hashem, no cavities. Good checkup, good cleaning. Thank you, Benjamin Zalman Atzadik. But he said he had problems with his teeth. He was in agony. So his father took him to the oral surgeon. Oral surgeon took one look at his mouth. The tunneling he would do, the bridging he would do. He calls his secretary and he says, Zippy or Miss Gross, tell my wife we will be traveling to Israel and we're taking her mother too. I mean, the cost of this mouth is going to send us to Israel. We'll be able to pay for it. That's how expensive it's going to be. The day arrives, he comes to the office, and he's sitting outside in the waiting room. All of a sudden he says, Dad, let's go home. 
What do you mean let's go home? It doesn't hurt anymore. It doesn't hurt anymore. What do you mean it doesn't hurt anymore? You've been complaining for two weeks. You can't sleep. It doesn't hurt anymore. Why? You hear that drill? You hear that drill? It doesn't hurt anymore. By me, Dr. Crumbine, when I was a kid, just to hear the, the muzak, you know, when the, he'd start drilling over there and then uh, it would start crotzing the music. That was enough to scare me. It doesn't. Said the rabbi, my friend, what you're lacking is one great fear. If you had the fear of Hashem, there's nothing to be afraid of. Not your panasa, not your life, and not COVID, and God forbid, nothing. Because all you did put everything in the basket and fear Hashem. And the fear is not of retribution, of punishment. It's your asarememus, Hashem loves us. We don't want to disappoint Him. <laughs> I had a Rebbe in high school, a guy named Chaim Siegel Zatzal. He was the manal of Chaim Belen, my 12th grade Rebbe. We push it, did not want to disappoint Him. We were not scared of him. I mean, he was a, a formidable machanach educator. I remember we had a game that we were playing. And my wife says I shouldn't talk too much. All right, I thought about it already, so I might as well say it. <laughs> I hope she forgives me, Rebison. So it was the old building in Chaim Bolin before they redid the high school. And we had like a window that we were opening and closing. And the guy outside was throwing snowballs in. And the deal was to try to get the snowball in before he slams the window down. Nice game. Uh, yeah, nice game. It was a nice thing. We didn't have electronics in those days. We didn't have the gadgets. Fine. Okay. Guy slams the window down. And my hand was there on the windowsill. Came right down. I was I was a kid in 10th grade, like 13, 14. I was in such pain. And I saw something happen. So I basically rushed me to the hospital to take x-rays. Bakhashim was okay. But you know what I told him? You know what I told him in the car? Rebbe, I'm sorry for disappointing you. Mm. I was sh- shrieking in agony, but I didn't want to disappoint him. That's Rosh Hashanah. Rabbi Yishon was sorry for disappointing you. So there's so many great things that go on in Rosh Hashanah. Don't be afraid. Eat marbled meat. Right. It's the Navi. You're supposed to eat ribeye the night of Rosh Hashanah. You're supposed to eat the finest a fish, a whole meal with wine. What are you drinking wine for? Because I'm not crying and I'm not saying Oshamnu and I'm not saying Vidui. I'm crowning the king. Number one, Rabbi Shalom, you need me. I, I, I dare say. That's the focus of Rosh Hashanah. That's the focus of Rosh Hashanah. Crown the king. Crown the king and love. include yourself in the picture. Make yourself needed. Needed. Indispensable, so to speak. Ah, and, 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 and then, and then the, the chauffeur sound. You really don't want us to go. You want us just to connect with you. As the chauffeur, the aisle was in place right. of Yitzchak. Yeah. And then this last concept that, you know, if we dive into really... Love Hashem to the point that we don't want to disappoint him. We'll be great today. Like my son, he's in, he was in first grade this past year, and he's. By the way, just for the people that are watching this, the rabbi, rabbi of Chazak <laughs> made me the best coffee. <laughs> the best coffee. But I was talking to Emmis before Rosh Hashanah. You got to say the truth. Slichas <laughs> time. He makes delicious coffee. I invite everybody to join Chazak at least just for the coffee. Okay, Mitzvah. So anyway, my son, son in first, was last year in first grade, and his rabbi would always call him Tzadik. Right. And because he would call him Tzadik, he was worried right. you know, to do the wrong thing. I, 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 I will tell it to people. Why do you curse the child? Uh, you're, you're, you're a Russia. Yeah, you can have you, 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 your children have grief from you. Is that what you want to tell your kid? <laughs> exactly like you're saying, Rabbi. You're a tzaddik who's acting like a shtekamashugana. You know, you're really a tzaddik. You're really a good boy. I don't expect this of you. That's that's what that's what. Hundred percent. You know what tochach is? Another one. Okay. 
So I had a Rebbe, Rabbi Shleim Zalman Arbach, who I was close to, and in Piskealochis, and he was Makara, amazing person. And he once gave me rebuke. We had come to Eretz Yisrael with my family for a chasana. Rabbi Roberts got married over 30 years ago, and 30 people from the Kila came from Minneapolis. And um, most left, and I had another fellow, David Warmberg, we wanted to stay a little bit longer. In Eretz Yisrael? So there was a travel agent in Tel Aviv that for $300 could extend the ticket. I asked from Shemizam and so many shyles, I asked him about a drink box. Can you open it on Shabbos? He didn't know what I was talking about. I pulled out a drink box from my coat and, yeah, for sure, no problem. Fine. <laughs> on and on and on. Can you shovel snow on Shabbos? You had, you had. I had asked him. The kids are in Minneapolis. So I asked him if I could do this. Listen to the words of Shemizam. To extend say, the trip. To extend the trip, $300 with a travel agent, not the airline. He says, Ken Zayn Lalocha does his mutter. It can it's possible. Vuz, vuz, vuz. I'm going to explain. <laughs> it could be that halachically, it's permitted. This is not straight as an arrow. This is falsehood. And you don't act with falsehood. In other words, you're my Talmud. I know you. You're an honest person. I walked away feeling 10 feet tall. The Godla Darja said, Leaf doesn't do falsehood. The word spread in many. This is before 9-11. We don't play around with tickets. We don't fly the wrong way with somebody else's ticket. Everything has to be straight. Two weeks later, Melov Chazar shots back in Minneapolis. It dawned on me. He gave me Musa. He rebuked me. But he didn't say, you were rov, how could you do this? He said, it could be Lalach, it's permitted, which meant that Alachically could have been permitted. But this is Falshkeit, and I know you. You don't play games when it comes to honesty and integrity. That's toichach. It says, "Al toichach lets penyus neeka hoichach lechacham veyaveka." Now the Torah says, "Hoichach toichach asamisecha." Give admonishment, correction. Some people wake up in the morning. Please, Hashem, bless me with toichach. I want to be able to give a guy muscle. Let the guy wear his tefillin backwards, and I can run over to him and tell him not be makayim the mitzvah. They ask Hashem for opportunities. Shlomo Melech comes and he qualifies. Don't give Teichacha to a scorner. He'll come to hate you. Only find Chacham to give Teichacha. Is that what the Torah says? Oh, Rabbi Shafayin can give Teichacha to us. That's all. Chacham Ovadia! Not Lahav Dovdolis, but we bought Mechaim Rav Chaimov. I could give him Teichacha. He's a Talmud Chacham. But I give somebody else Teichacha. Come to hate me? The Pshan is different, and I found out afterwards that the Shalah Kodesh says in his Agdama. Talking about the same person. The question is the approach. Don't give him Teichacha that he's a garnished nothing, never amount to anything. This is the way you always are. I don't expect more from you. I'll come to you. I'll make him, I'll make him feel great, uh, like he's a Chacham who'll come to love you. He gave me Teichacha, and Baba's back, he gave me Musur. But he didn't tell me, you know, Mashtuvi, what are you doing? You don't do stuff like this. And no, no, I know you. You don't do shtick. This is shtick. That's another approach to chinuch and our raising our children. You talk about your child. It was a tzaddik. <laughs> I just saw the Nicholsburger Rebbe yesterday. You know, Noyach is a big tzaddik. He's unbelievable. He's <laughs> 9-11. He couldn't stop hugging, kissing. I'm going away. He pulls me back, pulls me back. He loves Yiddin and he's a Rebbe for so many years. Yeah. You know, many of the yeshivas today, like it or not, after a while they retire the Rebbe. Yeah. 
Okay? They're never going to retire. He's too into it. He's too beloved. He's too exciting. That's what people like. That's what people like. That's what you need. That's what you need. So following back to what we were talking about with regards to Rosh Hashanah, mm-hmm. throughout the day, we have uh, these simanim, these right. signs of different foods. That right. The rabbi touched upon the shofar. Right, us. right. And then we wish everyone Shana Tova, you should have a sweet new year. How effective is all this for... So you're saying, for, you're, you're asking a gavala gakasha. Like, does it really help by the fact that you eat this, oh, you know, oh. uh, apple and the honey? You're saying very good. New year. First of all, you're talking to a Svaradi wannabe. <laughs> I'm an Ashkenazi through and through. I'm a Litvak. Even though we found it about 10 years ago, we're Enoch, the Mezrit Shemagin, so we have some Chesilch blood in us. But the Maisa, we're all Litvaks. My father, grandfather, everybody's a Litvak. Grandfather. We're all Litvaks. But I'm a Sephardi wannabe. Everybody wants to be a Litvak. In Kol Torah, I had a Chavrus, a genius, which I love them. I love the Sephardi, and I love the Avodah. So, there are people who are coming to us, Rosh Hashanah at night. They know that the simanim is a whole avodah. It's more than the seder, more than the two bishvat. By the time you finish, you're ready to go to sleep. So what's the union of the simanim? And we have like 13 things we do with tongue. Should be zocheh. Nizkeh, l'lashon tov, l'lashon hara. All kinds of stuff. Farfum. You name it, we do it. Yeah. Yiddish means our enemies should fall and be lost. Far fallen. Far fallen is far fall. It's like the famous raisin and celery. That's raisin and celery. Right. We got to talk to our people. But okay, fine. <laughs> so, what is the Inyan? It's a very deep shant, very deep Inyan. We wish each other. What does the altar mean? The altar means immediately. Here's the deal. On Rosh Hashanah, two people are judged. The Tzadikim and the Rishayim. Tzadik Gamur and Rasha Gamur. Righteous and wicked. The completely righteous and the completely wicked. The Benoni, in between, that's all of us, hopefully. Wait till Yom Kippur. That doesn't work. Hoshana Rabba, that doesn't work. Hanukkah keeps on getting delayed. But we wished each other that you should be inscribed in the Book of Life for altar immediately as a tzaddik gamur. B'sifron shel tzaddikim gimurim. Any prophecy that's acted upon cannot be rescinded. If there's a nevoah and something starts happening with that prophecy, it remains sacrosanct and it can't be rescinded. But if nothing is acted upon yet, it could be revoked and reversed. We eat the simanim to start the process. We wished each other Shana Tova Tikatevatechatem La Altalachem Tovim Shalom Basifram Satim Gimurim, that's Anusach. The school is Shalim Rabot in Tobot. God says, Okay. That's like a nevoah, it's a baracha. He started a process, took the apple and the honey. Made a bracha loud and clear. It started. Mm. I heard from my friend Ramosha Fella. It's a big tzaddik in, in St. Paul. It's the first, second shliach of the any place in the world. Oh, wow. Very special man. So he told me, what's the pshat? What, how do you understand dip the apple in honey? The apple's already sweet. Mm. And honey is double sweet. Shona tova umetuka. It's a good year. It's sweet. It should be sweet and it should taste sweet. Ah. You should feel sabin with 
we should be satisfied. There's a ratzon here. Don't just satisfy us. The Vilna Goyen says, there's two kinds of satisfaction. Having enough and knowing that you have enough. One without the other is insufficient. If I think I have enough, but the kid's going barefoot, that's not good. If I have everything I want and I'm unhappy, think I don't have anything, it's also no good. So, these simanim, there's a minag also to eat an eyeball, and if you notice, from a fish, with an open eye. It's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Try it. It's hard. You put it in the challah, you'll figure out how to do it. But the bottom <laughs> line... How could everyone be... Right, the head? head? Because the Rosh is... Beautiful. So here's the bottom line. So once the process starts, then it can't be rescinded. So a baracha that a Jew gives to another Jew, to a good year, Borei listens and he writes down. You eat the simanim, Borei Olam inscribes it and seals it, and it's going to be real. Of course, it's not a fast track to Teshuvah. You can't just eat the simanim and that's be and speak Lashara. But that's the end of the simanim. The shofar we touched upon, and this whole concept of renewal and and feeling good and I got more years. And the year and the curses should be over. The new year should start. And it's a brand new slate. It has nothing to do with the past. It's the future. Beautiful, amazing, powerful. So Rabbi, everyone's asking, how do we make this year, this upcoming uh, new year, better than last year and previous years and, and then in the past? Do you have any uh, good tips that you can share with uh, the with us with with all? The Balei Musar say, if you hear a good shmooze, a good sicha, an inspirational talk, you got to act on it. Something insignificant. Just go in one ear and out the other ear. It will internalize it. It doesn't have to be monumental things. There's a six-letter dirty word. It's called change. C-H-A-N-G-E. Change the diaper. That's one way of looking at it. I'll tell you something I noticed in Minneapolis. The community there is unbelievable. We had FFBs and FFCs. From from birth and? From from choice. And I used to play off the FFBs from the FFCs. From from birth, look how they daven. Look how they pray. They connect to God. When they daven, they're talking to Hashem. Look how they do things without all these questions. Of course you question in Judaism, but don't get rocked to the core that every other day you don't know what's happening. You're not grounded. Become grounded. So it was a beautiful community at Yeshiva Light, together with people that recently got involved in Torah Mitzvah. The Rav Gifted didn't call him Baalei Tshuva, Chosrei B'Tshuva. He says, Halavai, we should all be Baalei Tshuva. But Chosrei B'Tshuva, good. So I found a very interesting thing. The older door, the fellows that when I got there, the older generation, they're already in the 60s and the 70s, 30 years ago. So the newfangled stuff that I was introducing it didn't sit right with them. It's hard for them to change. Hard for them to change. But the younger generation, the Balei Tshuva, Jose B'Tshuva, you say jump, they say, oh, hi. I was wondering myself, why? The Balei Tshuva, their life has changed. They had a degree from Harvard, from Columbia. They were successful stockbroker. Now they're not working on Shabbos. The parents think that they're nuts. They landed on planet Xenon. They're not normal people. They speak a different language. They have different... Ikarim, important things in life. So change is what they're all about. Mm. The previous generation, who grew up in America in the 30s, and they had siblings that intermarried, or lost Shabbat, their whole modus operandi was 
don't change. Mm. Take your teeth and sink it in, the eye teeth, and don't move. Hold on for dear life. So their psyche was no change. The the new ch- the but it, it's just the reality. Wow. And the new ones, it was all about change. Amazing. So what you need to do is change. Little insignificant change is monumental. We make such a mistake. We want this like instant 90-day wonder. You know, I grew up post-Vietnam era. I mean, by the time I was of draft age, the draft was bottled. It was no longer a draft for the Vietnam War. But they used to have something called 90-day wonders. 90-day wonders were second lieutenants, came out of college, and in 90 days, from being civilians, they became second lieutenants. And the highest rate of casualties, percentage-wise, were these second lieutenants. If the enemy didn't kill them, their own people killed them. Because they didn't know what they were doing. A 90-day wonder? Roshan is not a 90-day wonder. Roshan is to affect some kind of change, Kabbalah, and to do it. It doesn't have to be something incredible, but you can figure it out on your own. Look in the mirror. You know where your flaws are. Rav Shach once says to Kabbalah, like more than Rav Shach to Hashim upon it, which is not It says in the Gemara, in the Dorim Pe'alaf 81, Amav Doritz, how do we lose the land? How did the nations of the world conquer the Betamik Dash and destroy it? So the Gemara says, they ask, Nevoah, the prophets, they didn't know. Chachma wisdom, they didn't know. Come on, don't pay off. They asked the Malachi Asharet, angels, they didn't know. Shrav Shach says, if the angels didn't know, until Borei Olam had to tell them, Azva Torah, they, they, they left the Torah without the Chashivut, the significance of the Boch, but they didn't make a Barachah in the Torah. So what do you want from the people? You got to be punished for something you know about, and you did wrong. But they didn't even know. Shach is the thunder. Do shimen, do vest. You shimen, you average, you, you know what's wrong. Mm. You know what ails you. You know what you have to be better in. Whether it's shmirat alashon, whether it's in uh, honesty, integrity, compassion, mercy, learning of Torah. There's so many things we can improve in. But take one thing and make a Kabbalah that's real. When you're that shofar that's being blown, Use those nanoseconds to crown the kink with some special Kabbalah acceptance of something nice that you're going to do. You'll see unbelievable success. So it doesn't have to be some monumental resolution that we just reinvented the wheel. Each person reinvents their own wheel. So that's the way we're going to have a better year by taking things upon ourselves, but something small, something that we're something going to hold small on to. Something small and hold on to, yeah. And, and, and that'll change you. And that's the key. The key is change. And change doesn't have to be a dirty word. And change doesn't have to be impossible. And change doesn't have to be difficult. And we want that way in everything in life. We want our financial strata to change. We want our family situation to change. We want our Sean bias to change. We want our health to be better. We want so many good things in life. So we have to show Hashem. Quid pro quo, tit for tat, that we're going to get a little better too. Amazing. It's like the saying is that you should uh, change, become better between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. There's something amazing that from Yom Kippur to Rosh Hashanah. Right, that's, that's true. That's a better time to continue working on it, not just for a little bit, but to hold on to it throughout. Rabbi, what amazing, inspiring messages we've had so far, but we have a minute. We have a custom on Torah Talks, Zach's Tuesday Night Programs, which is a final message for our broader audience, one final takeaway. Uh, we had so many so far, and they're all mwah, not talking to me about sweet as honey. 
So this is the deal. Okay. Rosh Hashanah is when you realize who you are. There was a, a Jew in a Hasidic court who couldn't make Parnassah. No livelihood. No livelihood. He went out of town and he was living amongst the non-Jews and he made a good business. He was successful with his business. He decided he was going to move there. So he moved to this town with only non-Jews. And, you know, he dropped his Hasidic garb. He started wearing a double-breasted suit with a natty tie and a matching handkerchief ensemble. And every Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, Simchat Torah, he'd come back, dust off the shtraimel, the furry hat and the Hasidic garb, and look like one of the boys. If the 30 years says, who am I fooling? Who am I fooling? This is not me. I don't dress this way. So he shows up in the rabbinic court, in the rabbi's court, in the royal court, dressed in their eyes like a non-Jew. They were shocked. Nobody said a word. It was a venerable Hasid. Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Hashem Olokim, Rolvatrog, dancing Simchat Torah. And then he comes to Zegin Zechot Rebbe, which means to say goodbye to the rabbi. And the rabbi says to him, Ah, Yankel, the whole time, I thought, isn't an unzara, you one of us. You just look like them. Now I see the whole time you're really one of them. They just look like us. And what's the takeaway? Rosh Hashanah and Kippur is not a charade. Who am I fooling? Early in the morning. I don't eat pat palter if I normally eat it during the year. I'm so much more religious. I do so many wonderful things. It's a joke. After two months, I'm back to the same guy. No. That's the facade. Three months from now, when you speak, that's the phony, baloney disguise. <laughs> we are Rosh Hashanah Jews. We are Yom Kippur Jews. I said, you Chuvah Jews. Rav Shach used to say, that's how. You take the Sefer Torah. Before you take it out on Simchat Torah, you showed us there's nothing but God. He says, you have Elul. You boys say Selichot, the whole Elul, that's beautiful. That's why you get to eat rice on Pesach. (laughs) You say the Selichot, and you you sing it. How's it going? You know the bells of Rebbe did that? Yeah, I heard it. On, on yeah, He said, there's an Indian that Yosef says to say it from Selichot. And he started singing the bells of Rebbe from Oz Chazidim. So you have Selichot. Yeah. And then you have Rosh Hashanah. To go to Shofar. And it's all for this one magnificent moment. That the crescendo and the final trumpet of all of the avodah of all these days is that you've taught us Hashem. There's only you. We're going to rely on you. We're going to put all our eggs in one basket. We're going to pray to you. And we're going to be successful. We should all be zocheh b'siyat ha'dishmayim. Ta'kativa v'achtima tova lanu l'chol Yisrael. Amen. Chazak v'roch yishakach v'amemoshin of Yaliv Shlita. Continue that slach on all the wonderful things you're doing. Thank you very much, Rabbi Yaliv. We want to thank everyone for joining us every single Tuesday night. 
Because the Akhtar talks, we're going to have a small break because Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, Sukkot, it's all Tuesdays. So, Bezat Hashem, uh, we encourage everyone to uh, stay tuned and uh, be in the know. Uh, we want to give a shout out to uh, all the podcasts and all the platforms that are hosting Chazak Torah Talks, Foreign Time, and specifically, thank you very much. Shout out to dailygiving.org. Ooh. I know that the, the Rebbe is very much big into that. Yeah, one of my Talmudim, Dr. Donath, started this. It has a life of its own. Unbelievable. Who would have ever imagined? One dollar a day. And they have over 11,000 people who've joined. It should be 100,000 people giving out millions of dollars. And you make them itself tzedakah. And every one of those tzedakah are vetted by Rabbi Greenberg, myself, Rabbi Herschel Shechter, Shlita, and Rabbi Pesach Kron. And so, you know, we... Chazak is on it. Chazak is on it. And, and we appreciate Chazak is on it. We appreciate, we appreciate it. it so much. It makes such a big difference every so often. When we get that check, it really gives a big boost to the organization. So we want to thank Rabbi Leaf and Dr. Donovan. Everyone, everyone should check it out. I'm a daily giver. And you should be as well. Dailygiving.org. Uh, thank you very much to them. And uh, we love the feedback. We love the, 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 the... We get a lot of feedback. I was just in Israel. People were stopping me. People were telling me how amazing it was. Well, we appreciate that very much. Suggestions for future abundant speakers are always welcome. And uh, Chazak Tuesday Torah Talks, uh, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you very much once again. I want you to have a Shana Tovah Mitukah. Amen. Sweet New Year. Amen. Thank you very much.